Welcome to the show. Great to be with you. Uh, Paul George in studio with Deacon Adam Conk. Hey, 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 hey. The bear. It's good to see you, my friend. It is great to see you. It's. It feels like it's been a week. It has been a week. Oh. And I, and I haven't seen you in a week. That's not mm-hmm. always the case, but you know, you're busy, got a lot going on. Yeah. I do uh, have to ask you a question, though, based uh-oh. on last week's show. Okay. Uh, so those of you who didn't get to listen to last week's show, certainly go back on the podcast. Um, so, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening in uh, wherever you are on the podcast or the radio here in Acadiana Lafayette. Did you try out the beard oil? Yes, I've been wearing it every day. And? I think it's great. It's def- It's um, It's different. It's subtle. 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 Yeah, but it's nice. Gotcha. It has it has uh, balming effects for my beard. Did your Did your wife notice? Well, uh, she noticed that it was there, like in the cabinet where I keep beard stuff, and she's like, "What's that?" So I had to tell her, and then uh, yeah, she took a whiff, and she likes it. Took yeah. a whiff. Yeah, it all so, worked out. So the show mom nailed it. Yes. Okay. Very much. Okay. Thank you, show mom. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been wondering all week, like, like how you did on that and, uh, <laughs> how that was going for you. And if it was a win, you know, well, how did Addie enjoy the goldfish? Oh, they're almost gone. Gone. Yeah. You know, we, we pack a school snack every day, you know, mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of goldfish in there, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. I can't say that other people haven't eaten the goldfish uh-huh. in the house. Other uh, adults, maybe? Maybe other adults. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, <laughs> good week. Uh, you know, his best thing about the week is I didn't travel. That is great. It's kind of home for a week. It's mm-hmm. been nice. Um, Do you yeah. get project fever when you're home for a little while? I get a little stir crazy. You can ask my wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Like you start looking around and be like, I could build that or fix that or I want to mm-hmm. clear that. I don't know. You strike me as someone who could be in that way. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm Yeah. Yeah. Very active. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. An active guy. Yeah. 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 I could drive people a little crazy sometimes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You know, I'm just like, hey, hey, why don't we do this or that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have um, like a some workout equipment, a mm-hmm. little bit, not much, in my, in my garage. Mm-hmm. And so that blows off a lot of steam and keeps me busy when I'm like, why don't we just... Do these projects? See, I, I'm the same way. I have a, a workout equipment in my carport. Um, I don't use it, but just having it does relieve some stress. You know, just it being there. I don't actually use the just thing. looking at it. Yeah, just knowing it's there. Right, makes me feel better. Yeah. So I totally know what you mean. Well, we don't have a hot box this week, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of went through a couple. Well, weeks it's a, where we there's had a cold snap, so that makes sense. Yeah. You know, that we, we need to have a cold box, I think. Yeah. So anyone wants to send in a hot box, uh, we we caught up on our backlog of hot boxes. Can I make a, a request on the hot box? Sure. Yeah. So Advent and Christmas are coming up and like winter, let's say. Mm-hmm. And if someone wants to send a hot box of kind of like a Catholic Advent survival box mm-hmm. or like a winter survival box, things that Catholics need when it gets cold, I think that'd be a cool thing, you know? So an Advent Catholic hotbox would be pretty neat. Just, just throwing that out there. Got, got you. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Just throwing out some themes. I'm normally not a theme kind of guy. Like if we go to a, th- if I'm invited to a theme party, my gut reaction is no. 
now going to go. Well, that's interesting because we actually just had a hysterical moment this week. We we had a dinner with some friends and and the retreat ministry we do and and renew and art of living and and we invited some priests. So we had four priests there dinner just at someone's house. But one of the priests that came or two of the priests that came uh, were talking about this theme dinner they went to. Mm-hmm. Now no one knew it was a theme dinner. So the way that the priest did it, it was like, hey, I'm having a dinner. And he privately texted everyone and said, would you mind giving a toast on this topic? (laughs) But no one knew that other people also had a toast on a different topic. Oh, my word. And he, so there was like a toast, a poem, different things. And I was like, this is hysterical. So a priest planned this? Yeah. I could totally guess which priest, but I'm not going to. Right. Yeah. So one of the priests that was there was like, yeah, like I had, I was assigned to do a poem in the middle of dinner on how I am relevant to reaching young people or something like that. <laughs> they were making me laugh and I said, what, do you have a copy of the poem? And so he had it on his phone, like he searched it and, and then read it at the dinner we were having. And dude, I was in tears. It was hysterical. <laughs> so if it was, a, if it was something like that, I'd go for That's it. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm talking about like dress up as your favorite 80s video game character or something. That I'm not uh, not inclined to do that. But that sounds awesome. In fact, I think I'm going to try that. You are? Yeah. Hmm. Like everyone give a toast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they don't know everyone. They don't know everybody. Yeah, it, it'd be fun. Yeah, I need a little bit more fun in my life. So that does it, sound it was kind fun. Of, okay, so thanks everyone for, for being a part of the show. Got a great show today. Um uh, some surprises, but uh, yeah, but we do have a have you seen? What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real though, this is pretty uh, something. Have you seen the tackling nun, the French tackling nun in in uh, France? Okay, <laughs> somebody sent me a video of it, but I didn't get to read more about it. I just laughed hysterically. So. This past Saturday in France, uh, there's a situation that escalated to the point of a nun, and you can find the video if you look it up, a nun, younger nun, uh, in habit, chasing down a man. Okay, so she's in habit. Yep. Chasing down a man and then full-fledged tackling him to the ground. Okay, so I'm watching it right now. Imagine this, uh, a nun, full habit, takes off running, and then imagine like, a football game, like a defender tackling the guy with the ball. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. Like it's a legit, yeah, tackle. Right. She was not playing. No, and she's running, so she's not like at least at least half a foot shorter than the guy mm-hmm. too. And he's running like at an angle towards like her, and then she runs at an angle, perfect like defender angle. If you're if you're coaching or watching football, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, or rugby. And then just dirt rolls this guy. Yeah. Who's way bigger than her, by right. the way. But takes him down. Yeah. And at first you're like, is this an angry nun? But like you read the story and you kind of, it's kind of pretty It's cool. a good story. And I th- it seems like she tackles him into something like a pit. Well, that's a construction site. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's kind of what it looks like. Mm-hmm. There's some construction going on. So what's going on is uh, in the community of Saint-Pierre de Colombier, mm-hmm. Saint uh, Peter of Columbus, I guess. Okay. No, Columbia. That's close enough. In English. Um, it's a town in France, and it's a, a nice little Catholic village, apparently. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, it's, now, we all have French roots here. 
Right. And, and like, you know, when we need to tackle people, right, we may tackle people. That's true. Well, it's it's a beautiful town and particularly natural beauty. So I'm looking at pictures and there's a lot of trees and it's forested and it's, you know, really kind of naturally beautiful place. So hilly. The, do the we town. need, are we trying to shift our Italy trip to France now? <laughs> that wouldn't be a bad idea. Or, or no. It wouldn't be a bad idea. But I'm trying to explain to you why the group of environmentalists uh, that have been protesting construction in the town would be protesting it. They call themselves the Friends of the Village. Okay, so there's protesters there. This Correct. guy is a protester. He's a protester. And they're trying to build a church. A church and and expand the religious complex that this sister has. Like, you know, expand the convent, make the church nice, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the protesters don't want to see these buildings in the wood in the wooded beautiful area of Saint Pierre de Colombier. Okay. All right. And specifically they claim that if they build this complex, they're gonna cause a rare bird that lives there to go extinct. That's the that's the urgency they're feeling is to uh, save that bird. Save the birds. So as they've been constructing it So a bird would go extinct from building a that's, building? That's what they claim. Okay. Yes. So they're kind of extreme it's well, according to the sisters, um, who are the missionary family of Notre Dame. Nice. That's the order she belongs to. Uh-huh. According to them, that, that claim is ludicrous. Of course. Yeah. Which I think sounds right. So would... I wonder where this guy's running. Like, he is, like, running across the picket line. That's a great question. With, like, a tube in his hand. Well, the story gets better. Okay. So, and explains that. So. All right. So if you're listening, you, you can, you can, you know, you can Google or search what would be the best thing? None tackles guy. Yeah. <laughs> or none yeah, tackles none tackles climate activists. There you go. Yeah. So they've been building uh, this construction site, and these environmentalists have surrounded the site and threatened uh, to, to sabotage and destroy the equipment to build, right? Right. So what the sisters have done is they put a fence around the site, but knowing that a fence is only a fence... They also formed a human chain of sisters around the site. Okay. And this has been going on for some time. This is not like just on Saturday. It's been days of this kind of standoff situation between these protesters that won't leave uh, and then the sisters who are trying to protect their construction project, right? So what had happened on Saturday is that one of the protesters broke through the fence and through the human shield... Mm. Human, so he's trespassing. He's trespassing with these pipes in his hands. Pipes. To go destroy some of the construction equipment or some of the construction they've already done, like to make as much havoc as possible for the sisters, right? So this sister would have none of it. Hmm. So after he breaks through the human chain, she chases after him, and then that's the video you see. And she takes him down. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Because at what point do you defend what is good? You know, what is, I mean, she, this is awesome. You right. know, I'm, I'm not promoting any violence here. Right. She's not being violent. He's trespassing, running with pipes to like knock something down and like. Well, and to be clear, some of these protesters have hurt people. Yeah. Like but, these exact ones. Yeah. Have hurt people. So it could have been equipment, people, like something bad could have happened. And you know what they say, Adam, hurt people, hurt people. That's true. So the nun, they get up. <laughs> right. The police grab the guy. Uh-huh. The nun gets up and goes back to prayer uh, like nothing happened. 
and that, that's awesome. This is great. Yeah. So that's I mean, the story. <clears throat> I love this. Um, and non tackles climate activists. Um, so you can go watch it. Um, I mean, at what point do you defend, right? Like, mm -hmm. and peacefully, you know, should, should she just be unpeaceful? And then he's like attacking, you know? So she didn't hurt him or anything. She just, you know, politely took him down, which is hysterical. It is. And that is interesting. I mean, when you look at the Christian vocation, there are plenty of times where we're supposed to let bad things happen because mm -hmm. that's, but there's also plenty of times you're not supposed to let bad things happen. Right. You know, it's interesting. We we celebrate, commemorate a uh, saint this week, October 29th, Saint Narcissus of Jerusalem. Did you know that? Saint Narcissus? Yeah. But I'm going to say Saint Narcissus. Okay. Because that's the way it's spelled. It's the same spelled. root. Yeah. N-A-R-C-I-S-S-U-S. Narcissus. Narcissus. I mean, what do you... Yeah. I mean, sort of like you're French. Yeah. <laughs> you just spoke. Right. <laughs> pretty bad. <laughs> like, how would you like to be a saint, but it's, uh, you know, your name You're is... You're known for being a narcissist. Yeah. Well, here's what's hysterical about him, and it's funny about the story, because obviously this this guy who's protesting has a bit of narcissism in him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This is all about me, me and my bird you know, whatever, like you can't think outside of what he wants, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it, what's funny about St. Narcissus is that life in the second and third century, it says in Jerusalem, couldn't have been, be now he was, he died in 216, so this cat's old, okay? Mm -hmm. This goes way back, by the That's way. That's way back. Yeah. But St., okay, a lot of, a lot of Christians were martyred back then. They didn't live long. Uh, the mm -hmm. The life expectancy was a lot shorter, right? As well, greatly reduced if you're a Christian. The life expectancy, yeah, yeah. But Saint Narcissus w managed to live well beyond a hundred years old. Wow. Yeah. Some even speculate he lived to a hundred and sixty. What? Yeah, dude. He lived in a blue zone. Blue zone. Yeah. What does that mean? That that means he lived a long time. He was a oh. centurion. Wow. Cent, wait, centennial. What centenarian? Centenarian. What did I say? Centurion. He, he was might a have been soldier as well. Might have been that too. Yes. <laughs> I've never heard of the blue zone. Yeah. Blue zones are are uh, like a term used for like pockets in on the planet where. People live long. Interesting. Yeah. Acadiana is not one of those. Acadiana could because it has a lot of elements of what blue zones contain. But which it also means has like blue zones contain uh, community. Um, hmm. They contain faith. Blue zones contain uh, a like a life slogan, like joie de vie. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but blue zones also contain exercise and that's what gets us diet. Yeah, that gets us right there. So boudin is not allowed in a blue zone. Basically, <laughs> cracklins. <laughs> so the life expectancy here has a lot of elements for long living, but when you add the diet in, it kind of, which is important. Yeah, we enjoy food. Yeah.
I mean, that's why you're a bear. That's true. You know? That's true. You got me thinking about this uh, protester being a narcissist. It's, it's interesting that we can get really excited about something, but we're really just excited about ourselves, and we're not aware of it. We can't think about the bigger picture. Okay, we, we'll, we'll touch base on that when we come back. Paying too much for healthcare and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of healthcare. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable healthcare. Call now to see how much you can save at 844 387 8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Paul George, Deacon Adam in studio. Great to be with you. Thanks for listening on the show here at KLFT Radio here in beautiful Acadiana. And on the podcast, wherever you are, walking, driving, laying in bed, having a nice, relaxed day. Uh, You're dressed down Friday. Yeah. T-shirt, shorts. Fun Friday. I'm trying to enjoy that weather outside. You know, like... Feels good. I kind of like seeing you cashed out, Mm -hmm. you know? Feels good. Yeah. It's funny. I'm more likely to wear shorts when the weather's cool than when it's hot. Uh, I see what you're saying. I like to feel the nice air. The cool breeze. The hot air, I don't want to feel that on my leg. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who wants to feel hot air? Not me. You know? <clears throat> Not me. I don't know. But man, you got you got me thinking about uh, this idea of the protester as a narcissist and then the nun taking him down as like... Well, you know, like, so narcissism in a sense is like, extreme egoism, selfishness. Mm-hmm. We all have that. We all battle a little bit of selfishness and ego pride in our life, okay? But, you know, in a true sense, like a full narcissist is someone that can't think outside themselves and what they want. Everything is about them. It just circles back into them, what they want, what they want. It's a very egocentric, selfish and and then and then they just sort of just you know it just expands mm-hmm. you know and so yeah well like in this case what they were building is a church to accommodate 3500 people mhm okay and i guess a way to summarize i don't know the guy i don't know the situation but maybe to summarize what was at stake for him was the possibility of an extinct bird, um, which is not real, not real possibility. Mm-hmm. But for him, that was what's at stake. Right. And that justified destruction and even hurting people. Well, the thing about like full-on narcissism is that you, you're so much turned inward on yourself that you, you now live and create your own truths mm-hmm. and realities. And so you really think that they are. But help me understand this. And you can't think outside of that, even if someone was like, hey, man, right. like, I know you're passionate, but like the birds will be fine. And they're like, no, 
right. they can't let it, you know, they're just like, they can't even think outside themselves. Well, help me understand this, because like in the church, when I see this, and I see this in myself, let's say, the the blurred line between whatever cause I have mm-hmm. and me just actually being self-centered is, it's it's invisible to the person, you know? like. Right. Like the destruction and the harm that I'm causing is all justified in my mind because I'm I'm promoting this cause, but really I'm just promoting myself. But it that's not oh, like you can't see it, right? No, and, you can't. And how do you? I mean, what do you do with that? Like, how do you um, how do you work with the Lord in such a way that like you you come to see the bigger picture, and you come to see what God really wants done? Because apparently he. He may want a thirty-five hundred seat church to fit all the faithful that are right. reviving their faith in the, you know, the center of France. I mean, we always have to ask the Lord, "What do you want?" Not "What do I want?" Right? Mm-hmm. Lord, what do you want? And and humble me. Like, make this about you. Make my life about you. Make make everything I do about you, not about me. Right? Like, so that that's that's the way we're we're wired in our relationship with the Lord. You know, a solution to narcissism in all of us, in our ego and pride and selfishness, is true accountability to our thoughts and actions. To be able to admit we're wrong, mm-hmm. to say I'm sorry, to um, have other people's opinions, to accept uh, correction, to, um, you know, follow others when they're right, like to be accountable in a relationship. And, you know, uh, a, <clears throat> narcissists for the most part are very isolated folks. Hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're not really in deep, authentic, transparent, vulnerable relationships with other people, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they kind of isolate themselves. We see that in the, in the church with, with those folks who um, aren't accountable. They, they're not in, in close, you know, real community and relationship, you know? That's why it's hard to be married and be a narcissist mm-hmm. because it just doesn't work. Like you, you can't be selfish in a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And so, if you, if you, someone has like full fledged like diagnosis of that, man, that's a, that's a that's a tough thing. But it, it's not that narciss, narcissistic behavior can't uh, be redone. It, it, in a lot of ways, it's a learned behavior, maybe through wounds and growing up and what we've been you know, whatever, but it, it doesn't mean that that can't be brought out. Like better things can't be brought out of us, but it is in authentic relationships with folks. Yeah. And it would seem so difficult to see how that, if, if this presence in my life, if narcissism is present in my life, this is impacting my relationship with Jesus. How, like how, what, what impact would that have with me and the Lord um, that maybe I don't realize? You know, it's interesting. I mean, the, the it the relationship with the Lord is about you then. Mm. And so it's not about it's not being it's not about Jesus being at the center of your life. It's about you being at the center. So I, that's a great thing is like question, not a great thing, but you can you can be a narcissist in in your spiritual life and that's not good. Yeah, and you just won't know. You just won't know. You just make make all the commandments about you how does this benefit me Mm -hmm. not others which is so interesting because the reading this week goes right into this conversation Uh, 
when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and they asked him, like, teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Right? We hear that. Like, Lord, you show us or tell us. We're not going to tell you. And he said to them, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. Like, God at the center. God, God is everything. God is the apex, right? Like, nothing in your life should be greater than this. And then he said, this is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. So the first two greatest commandments are about the other, mm-hmm. not about the self, mm-hmm. right? Total self gift to God. Lord, you are God. You, there is no other. And I'm going to love others. You cannot be a narcissist and obey God. But I think there's a confusing part, the love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm. It's, it's, it's almost like if I can create a world where it is all about me, then those who agree with me are worthy of my love. Right. And those who aren't, it's okay for me to destroy them. And that's okay. Like the, in, the protester, you know, like right. because these people, these nuns disagree with me, it's okay uh, because I love the environment for him, because I love these birds. My love for the birds comes first, but really it's love for himself. It's love for yourself. And so it's, it's, it's just so easy to get into a sense that loving God first means it's okay for me to destroy others for God. Does that make sense? Or like even put others down or like, like there's a, there's a self love that then makes it okay to hurt others. Right. Yeah. And, um, but I, but all the while I feel like I'm being obedient to loving God first. Right. You've just created your own reality. But again, uh, simple law of gravity, hurt people, hurt people. And, Mm -hmm. and the way, out of this behavior of egoism is healing. Yeah. And in authentic relationships. So, you know, eventually like in a, in a marriage or in real friendship with someone, they're like, Hey, you can't act like that. Mm-hmm. Hey, you can't talk to me like that. Hey, you can't just show up and be that way. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to have to like, Hey, something's got to change. And then you have to look in the mirror and be like, yeah, like that wasn't right. Right. I need to do something different or better or whatever. Yeah. And look, that's for all of us. Yep in the name of Jesus, right? So to love God and love others. But if you want to know, like if if you want to really know something about someone, just watch how they love and serve other people. You know, like just yeah. just watch that. And look, we're all on a on a sort of a growing in that. We never have it perfect. We're going to fail. This this isn't about like, hey, you're either you're either this or that. Like we're on this journey, but <clears throat> at the same time it starts with us acknowledging that, you know, I need I need to grow. You know, I need to get better. Yep. <clears throat> I remember, uh, as you're saying all that, I remember some striking examples where I've been in the room with a very interesting person, let's say. Someone who's accomplished a lot, someone who's done a lot, someone who's followed the Lord in some extraordinary ways. And then I watch that person be interested in other people in the room who maybe haven't their resume isn't as big let's say right but they're actually sincerely interested in other people mm-hmm. um and this has been very striking to me because in you know people said this about mother Teresa. you're not going to find a more interesting person if you're into the kingdom of god than 
St. Teresa of Calcutta when she enters the room, right? Like, there's so many things you want to talk to her about, ask her. But she was interested in the other people in the room, not in herself, not talking about her life. You know what I'm saying? And this idea that that love for the other is always the most interesting thing to me, like that I would know and understand other people more than I want to be understood by the other people. I mean, St. Francis tells us that, right? That I would seek to understand more than to be understood. Mm. Um, it's, it seems like a very simple concept, but man, that's like all the difference in the world. If we can actually be interested in other people and want God's will for other people to be done more than I'm looking out for my own will or like what I think should happen. Amen. Okay. Do, do we have a weird Catholic stuff? What? Yep. Weirdos. Yep. Catholics are weird. You're weird. I am because I'm Catholic. Weird Catholic stuff. It's, kind of, it's funny how we started this segment like, has anybody ever questioned you on it? Like, why do you do weird? Why are you saying Catholics are weird? Well, we're not saying, like, <laughs> like people are weird. I mean, we're all weird. We're all mm-hmm. awkward. So, like, who cares? What we're saying is that there's some weird stuff out there. Yeah. That, you know, the church has been around for thousands, thousands of years, and there's some weird stuff. Yeah. Well, for me, I think when you're not Catholic looking in, things do seem really strange. Sure. I think that's true. I've I've encountered people who are not Catholic. Well, of course, like, we talk about y'all are weird relics and bones, and so I'm okay being weird. Speaking of relics and bones, <clears throat> this coming week is one of the uh, most important days of the year, All Souls Day. It sure is. I mean, we kind of celebrate uh, this week, sort of a lot of things, don't we? Yeah, it's a big week. I mean, we got All Saints Day coming up on the first, All Souls Day on the second. Um, it's one of the Six Holy Days of Obligation, All Saints Day. So go to Mass. Which day is that? It's Wednesday, this uh, November 1st. So you mm. better go to Mass, people. Mm. Um, the second day is not a Holy Day of Obligation, All Souls Day, but you should go to Mass too, or do something. Um, but the weird thing that Catholics do is that we have some strange traditions throughout the world when it comes to relating to the dead and praying for the dead. We do. What is it? Well, <clears throat> it's it's different everywhere. Okay, um, so look, uh, to, back, to back up a little bit. Okay, so All Souls Day, we commemorate all the people who, who died, right? Mm-hmm. And we pray for them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then the next day is All Saints Day. Backwards, so All Saints Day, then All Souls yeah, Day. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. All Saints Day, then All Souls, yes. Mm-hmm. And we pray for all the saints on All Saints Day. Right. And then All Souls Day, we pray for all those who aren't saints yet? Correct. Who need our prayers. Need our their prayers. Way. Well, I mean, the whole month is dedicated to the holy souls in purgatory. All of November is dedicated in a special way of praying for the dead. Mm. Uh, we start off with the dead that are in heaven. All but then Saints we have Day. All Hallows Eve, which is Halloween. Right, the night before All Saints Day. Yeah. Night before All Saints Day. So yeah. we, we, we celebrate the, the, <laughs> the, the, the eve of the saints. Correct. Well, it is really weird. We view death much differently than the rest of the world as Catholics, even much differently than other Christians. What death is, we view it differently. So, for example, for non-Catholic Christians, death is often seen as kind of this big wall between us and heaven. Mm -hmm. It's like when you die and go to heaven, you're kind of done. Like we don't, we're not going to think about you more on earth. 
Um, and the idea that we would have a relationship with people in heaven is weird to people, you know, like praying to saints or um, the idea that people would visit us, like the apparitions of the Blessed Virgin Mary or St. Joseph or whatever. This is just weird. And uh, for non-Catholic Christians, it's typically like this wall. But for Catholic Christians, it's not a wall. It's a very thin paper wall if it is a wall. Souls are alive. They're alive. They're mm. more alive than they were. Ooh. Right? We're more alive after death. Whoa. Unless we're in hell. Ooh. Man, who doesn't want to be more alive? Right. I mean, isn't that like what we're created for? Right. To be fully alive? Yes. Yeah. And even the souls in purgatory are more alive than us in the sense that they're set free from sin. They're never going to sin again. Hmm. And their salvation's assured. There's no narcissist in heaven, Adam. None. Zero. No. Just God assists. Like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) They're centered on God. And uh, thank God there is purgatory so us narcissists can be purged of it. So the way we view death is weird, which makes us not afraid of it. We're not afraid of death as Catholics. Got you. Okay, so back to the the weird. Well, that kind of explains some of the weird stuff that happens. Uh, Like in Guatemala, which is a very Catholic place, um, there's a pretty cool festival where people fly kites. It's called the Bereletes Gigantes Festival, which means giant kites. Oh, so we got your French and your Spanish today. Yes. (laughs) This is good. But... These kites are huge, uh, 65 feet, most of them. 65 feet. Mm-hmm. Designed wow. to fly in the wind. And what you do is the kites are made up of notes to your dead ancestors. Like you write notes, uh, prayers, Sort of thing, like whatever. the symbolism of going to heaven? Exactly. Hmm. But they can't because they're on a kite. It's sure. like a string. So it's like... Um, so they fly these big kites. It's like a symbol of purgatory. Has really. anybody ever died doing this? Um, I don't know. <laughs> like they get <laughs> taken away by the yeah. wind, you mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, they need to get that French nun to go tackle them if they start to fly away. Yeah. Um, so that's one weird thing. In Mexico, uh, many people create private altars for their ancestors and decorate them with photographs of them, flowers, candy skulls, and candles. Ooh. Um, so this is the Dia de las Muertes, the Day of the Dead. And uh, this can seem really strange, especially for a non-Catholic Christian, because mm-hmm. obviously we don't build altars to anybody but God, right? Well, kind of. St. I mean, Joseph's altar. We Yeah. Altars is, you know, to have a, an altar with images of people other than God is, is an ancient tradition of the Catholic Church, but also just Christians in general, particularly martyrs, those first martyrs of the early church. We had mass on their tombs, which then developed the tradition of having relics of saints in altars, which we do now. But uh, but yeah, in Mexico, they literally set up these altars, not for mass, but to pray for that person. So your your family gets an altar and you put all kind of death-related things like skulls and whatever else on this altar, hmm. which is pretty strange. Yeah. Are you going to do that this year? No, probably not. Okay. All right. Are you going to dress up for Halloween? No. 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 Okay. Actually, I'll go as the most scary thing I could think of. Yourself? Yeah. Hmm. Middle-aged deacon. Um, all right. In the Philippines, people cook their deceased loved one's favorite meals for a big feast for the living, but it's all the dead people's favorite meals. And then they visit their ancestors' tombs with at night with candles and spend the night in prayer. That's That's something I can get behind. Doing what? The cooking of the favorite meals. Oh. Now, I don't know what it is. Like, like my grandmother 
she cooked well. Like, I don't know what her favorite would be. I'd have to ask, but we cook everybody, every dead person's favorite meal, and then we all eat it cool. and then go pray for them at their tomb. That's pretty much what a jambalaya or a gumbo is. It's everyone's right. favorite in like one dish, not right. different dishes. So yeah. you got chicken and sausage and different sausages and rice and gravy, and you can throw seafood in there. It's kind of all of the above, mm-hmm. right? I mean, aren't you excited about your first gumbo of the year? Yeah. yeah it's going to be cool next week. That's There's right. a little cool snap coming in November. It. I'm going to cook it. Well, it'll be cool for All Souls Day, so maybe that's what we do, cook an All Souls Day gumbo. Bruh. Tion. Tion. Um, in Poland, they uh, they get really into candles at graves. Okay. So much so that it's really like the tradition is to basically create this huge bonfire of candles throughout the cemetery. So imagine just candles after candles after candles, after, all lit all night in prayer for the people in the cemetery. Hmm. Is there anything weird here in Louisiana? Well, that we do. Yeah, actually. So this isn't everywhere. We're really into in Louisiana. We're really into blessing the tombs. Uh, yeah. So every year around All Souls Day, it could be all on on All Saints Day, could be a few days before, a few days after. Like for us at Saint Martin de Tours, we're doing it this the Sunday before All Souls Day. We do it. Okay. But we uh, we say a prayer at the cemetery and then we go rebless all the tombs. That have already been blessed when they were buried, but we re-bless the tombs and pray for the dead. You know what's crazy is, you know, if someone's like on the track to become a saint, we might dig up their body, mm-hmm. get the relics, and see if they haven't decomposed. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many people are buried that might not be decomposed and we'll never know. At least a few. I, I mean, say. statistically, there's got to be a few, huh? Mm-hmm. I would say at least a few. I mean, what if you went through the graveyard <laughs> and you were blessing the tombs mm-hmm. and you just sensed that one of them was different? Was what like, would you do? It's like, I feel compelled to open this grave kind of thing. Like you're like the Lord just spoke to you. It was like, hmm, that like there's a saint in this tomb right here. I would definitely consult my pastor first before I did anything. <laughs> well, of course. I'm not saying like go get a crowbar and just dig it. <laughs> You know, lift the lid. What I'm saying is like, what would happen if, if like you, if you like had this sense that like, hmm, we, we have a saint in our graveyard and we don't know. And I think it's this person. Mm -hmm. Would you mention it to your pastor? Yeah. But would you just start (laughs) praying? No, no, seriously. Like, would you just say, look at the name and it said, it said Rosemary, you know, bourgeois. Mm Mm-hmm. And would you just say, well, I'm just going to start praying for her in a session. So and I, then, like, if miracles start happening, you're like, hmm, okay. So I have done this, actually, uh, with small children. So when I come across a grave of a child that has died, you know, let's say they live two years, three years, six months, whatever. I mean, being a Catholic child, being that they were baptized, it is with theological certainty that I can say, not only is this child in heaven, but this child never sinned. Right. And this child is precious to God. they're innocent when they died. That, that child is now a powerful intercessor for those reasons before the Lord. So I do that when I walk through a graveyard and see, ask them to pray 
but you're right. If like if prayers started getting answered because of a certain, it would be interesting. And this is what happened with Charlene Richard. Have you ever been to her grave in uh, Richard, Louisiana? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, there's there's little Thanks. tokens of gratitude around her grave because people have prayed for her and and uh, but it's still a very humble grave for now until she's beatified. Then it won't be so humble. But I don't know. I think we should we should like go around the different grave sites and like see if there's saints in there <laughs> that we don't know about. This could be a reality show. I mean, think about it. I mean, you know how many reality shows are about like and you know, ghost or, you know, just different like things. Like if like honestly, like it the, the, I'm, we're not making anything up. Like we really, we really do have saints, and these saints have miracles in their name, right? Uh-huh. And then some of these saints do not decompose. Okay, I'm asking the question: How many people are buried who are saints, and we don't know? So you want to go in search of them? Yes. Okay. In search of the incorrupts. Correct. Okay. I mean, I. I mean, if if this is all true, then there's got to be statistically some out there. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And then how do you know? How do you find out? Well, you'd have to look. You'd have to open it up. You see, the fact that you're bringing this up only highlights the point of how weird Catholics are. Because this does make sense. But only if you have a Catholic view of death and the end of the world and all this stuff. Because like you want to find those dead bodies that are incorrupt so that you can know who they are and have a relationship with them and we can know where their grave is, right? Like You're just a weird Catholic, but it's great. This could be cool. Like We can invent like a some type of technology. Yeah, it shouldn't be that hard, like infrared or something like to that. Figure out if a body's not it. decomposed and then we're like, there's, there's a saint here. Okay. And we start praying to that saint for intercession and miracles like mm-hmm. I just, like it I'm just telling you well let's do it I think you got a future in this this could be your next big thing <laughs> okay alright <laughs> let's take a quick break and we'll be right back paying too much for health care and supporting services you don't believe in our sponsor Solidarity HealthShare has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of health care Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable healthcare. Call now to see how much you can save at 844-387-8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. Welcome to the show. Great to be with you. Thanks for being a part of the show, Paul George, uh, Deacon Adam Conkin Studio. Um, the bear and the beard oil. Mm-hmm. I kind of like it. Yeah. That could be a children's book. <laughs> the like bear. Ma- magical beard oil that gives me bear powers. The bear and the beard oil. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that have a, a good ring to it? I think so. Yeah. Um. So anyway, <laughs> we've talked about a lot of things. Dead people, narcissism. Uh, loving God. I mean, that came up. That did come up a little bit. Yep. Loving God with all your heart. It did. It is so, the greatest commandment. 
yet last week we had a special guest, uh, my cousin Holly. I don't know if I ran her off. She's not back this week. I thought she did a great job on <laughs> the six-pack of questions. Yeah. So if you didn't get six to pack hear that, she did a five-pack with a demand. Yes, which I've only known her a little bit, but that seems spot on. Yeah, there's very few her. people who can convince, on me brand. To, convince me to do things that I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And they're both my first cousins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I've convinced you to do a few things you wouldn't have done other, otherwise. Yeah, but, but not much. Right. Yeah. Anyway, go back and listen. <laughs> she made me rap on the show. That was spectacular. Mm-hmm. And you... like Came your, out of nowhere. Your face was, like, really surprised. You had no idea it was coming. Neither did I. Mm-hmm. But... I, you're just the whole time your face was like, what is actually happening right now? <laughs> is he actually doing this? It sounded great. Yeah. You nailed it. So I just think she should come on and be the six-pack specialist. That's a good idea. But she says she doesn't have a good voice for radio. That's like, not true. That's, that's not, not true. true at all. I would tell her. Mm-hmm. That's not true. That's not true. Mm-hmm. So, Holly, you're, you're welcome back anytime uh, to come on the show. This is an open invite mm-hmm. to... Being six pack. So speaking of, why don't we get to it? Question. Question number one. So we brought up. Yes, I love the hype. <laughs> Sorry, I still no. had your rap music no. ready to go. Yes, <laughs> I had it on the playlist from last this time. This is awesome. <laughs> I like more hype around the <clears throat> six pack. Yeah. Okay. You want to hype it up? Well, there it is. Okay. Yeah. I'll work on that. All right. Um. All right, so I talked about, I don't, I don't even know her name, the French nun who tackled the guy. It, the article didn't give her name. And that's good. Sister. Uh, Nameless. I, I did see one headline that called her a uh, sister of no mercy. <laughs> Is that like, a sister of mercy? Yeah. It's funny. I like that. Anyway, but we talked about sister so-and-so who tackled the dude in defense of the church. Right. Which is pretty epic. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever stopped someone in a similar situation who was... Maybe not physically stop them, like tackle them, but someone was about to yeah. harm the church in some way or someone, and you, you, you stopped it. You're not going to believe this, but to answer your question, the answer is yes. I would <clears throat> love to hear about this. Well, me and my son, when he was little, we stopped at a convenience store. Mm-hmm. We were on our way back from fishing. So we had this tradition, or hunting, or something, and we have this tradition, usually neat gas, but he always got a, got a snack at the convenience store, you know? Or whatever. So we're in there. It's a gas station. And um, I look down the hall where the bathrooms are. And I'm not joking. This was like a scary moment. This guy pulls out a knife and is about to stab another guy. This is in the convenience store. And I see this happening. So I just yelled at the guy from a distance in the store. You know, put the knife down. You know, and I just yelled, I'm going to call the... And I don't know what else I yelled. Mm-hmm. And I and and then I looked at myself, and I had a twelve pack of Diet Coke, like as like my defense, mm-hmm. my weapon mm-hmm. of choice. The only thing I had. Well, the guy put the knife back in his pocket because I like I like scared him, and he realized somebody was looking, and he took off running out of the store. Wow. Yeah. So you didn't have to toss the case of Coke at him. No, but I was prepared to. Go into a knife fight with 12 <laughs> Diet Cokes. Now, would you have opened the box and start throwing the individuals, or are you going to take the box? I'd probably just take the whole box because it's heavy and just start throwing it at him. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Wow. Hoping that he wouldn't get 
close to me with the knife. Now, did the person you saved were they grateful for? They that? were pretty. They were pretty freaked out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did they know the guy? Or was just a random? no, no. Oh, it was random. Goodness. They were fighting over like the bathroom or whatever. I don't know. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So there you Look go, at Adam. You. You're like that nun. I yeah. I was. It was. Uh, I was having none of it <laughs> that day. <laughs> oh. Goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. All right, question number two. So uh, we talked about someone who's not a narcissist, St. Narcissus or Narcissus. Or, we talked about him. He's not a narcissist, but his name is that. Yes. Which led to a conversation about narcissism. Yeah. Um, you've worked with a lot of folks and kind of coaching them through life, through the spiritual life. How big of a problem is this tendency? We all have, but... Well, I'm not a counselor. When mm-hmm. it gets to that point, maybe with someone, I kind of refer to the to to go to counseling because I I don't I don't you know sometimes you can't fix crazy. I I don't know the answer to that, but you know I, I I've seen a pattern in people I work with that 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 you know have this struggle in thinking this way. Um, the earlier you catch it, the better. Mm-hmm. But as someone gets older and more set in their ways, less connected to people, sometimes there's no turning back. Mm-hmm. Well, question two, three related to that. Um, so what What about those of us who maybe wouldn't be diagnosed that way, but like we have those tendencies in us? What have you seen as like effective to keep us from turning in on ourselves like yeah. that and keep us other-centered? Yeah, I mean, I've heard like even like therapists say, you know, we all have a little bit of narcissist in us all like it, like this selfishness, this ego, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, we can all acknowledge that. And, and sort of the, the, the cure to that is, is like relationship with the Lord where it, God pulls us out of ourselves, right? So sin turns us inward. Pride turns us inward. Selfishness turns us inward. The Lord moves us to, to look outward. God first, right? Love the Lord your God with all your love others Right and and just this this pouring out. So not only being in relationship with the Lord and in the sacraments of the church, the, being in the grace of the Lord, but being in relationship with people, good people who help you to be better. I've been thinking about that a lot this week. Is like, uh, do do I have friendships where I'm just around those friends and they just make me a better person just by who they are? Because they're in your life. Just because yeah. they're in my life, you know. I certainly can say that about my spouse and my children and some friends, but I think there are also some friends that are like, nah, I'm not much better when I'm around them, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can kind of identify that. So it's, it's, it's really choosing right relationship with God and others. Okay. Following that train of thought, question four, are we on four? Yeah. Um, what's the difference between that and just not being a friendly person? So for example, you're identifying, okay, this person or this couple or this family is just not great for me or we're not great for each other. Um, how are you not just being selfish and kind of like not friendly? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the difference between those two things? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you, you could be charitable and not be friends with someone. Huh. You could be loving, charitable, and just know that maybe this relationship or this friendship is just not good for me. You mm-hmm. know, you can't be best friends with everyone. You can't be in close relationship with everyone. That's just reality. You know, and then some of the, maybe some 
but those relationships you just identify and, and just be like, yeah, you know, it's okay for me to be loving and charitable, but not like allow those people in close proximity internally in my life. Mm. That sounds like a book. Set boundaries. Show mom, put that on the book list. You're right. Question number five. Um, okay, so we talked about the gospel, and to me this is one of the most confusing things the Lord says, where he says, the second is like it to love your neighbor as yourself. What mm-hmm. is he talking about? Like, what is this relationship between love of self and love of neighbor? Um, what, what is he saying? What is this? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, love God and love your neighbor. And then he goes on to love your neighbor as yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's twofold. Like, I think we do want to love ourselves and who we are, right? But I think the Lord's also saying, like, to love others, like, you have to learn to love who I created you to be, you know, and accept yourself and, you know, yeah, it's, it's, um, and he's also like just acknowledging that your love can only extend as much as you're willing to allow him to love you. Whoa. Say that again. Your love can only extend to the point of how much you allow God to love you. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have a relationship with God, but then we come to this understanding of our true identity in him as his sons and daughters. When we can rest in the reality that God loves me so much no matter what, not that I'm perfect, but out of that I can then learn to love myself for who he created me to be and learn to love others. So it's a really a receptivity of God's love. All right, another book idea. Mm-hmm. My mom's got a list. I think the book ideas come from the six-pack more than any other point in the show. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Because you give such great answers, but they're like... Well, it's all spontaneous, too. We need more. All right, question number six. So we talked about some uh, traditions on All Souls Day throughout the world. So my question is, what does the George family do, one? And sub-question, if you're going to enhance what the George family does with one of these traditions we mentioned, which would it be? Which is a realistic addition to George family All Souls Day? Um, like Halloween? Mm. Or what? Anything. The, the whole week? Yeah. Like what goes on in the George house around this time? We go to Mass. We pray to certain saints, intercession. We kind of do that consistently on like feast days. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, I'm not great at it. My wife's much better at like reminding everyone of those things. I can't remember what I'm doing today or yesterday. But it's, it's really hard for me. Okay, so if you're going to tell Gretchen, like, hey, we need to add this to our routine around All Souls Day. We're going grave digging, baby. That's what we're doing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's, we're we're going, we're going grave <laughs> that's digging what you for add. saints, man. All right. Like, this is the show that I'm telling you will explode. Will you pick a different grave every year, or this is like something throughout the year? No, we're going grave searching for saints. I mean, it. it's like... <laughs> This is probably by far my best idea I've ever had. Seeking sense. And I've had a lot of good ones. Mm -hmm. This is it. You're like Ghostbusters, but for saints. That's exactly right. That's the image I had in my mind right there. You need a jumpsuit? I don't, yeah, like some type of like, 
you know device to device scan. to scan. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then a special box to put in relics when you find them. Yeah, no, I'm just saying like there's got to be. Is Gretchen gonna be up for this? You think? Absolutely not. Okay, so if <laughs> you've been married a while, yeah, what a uh, 26 years, mm, almost 27. Yeah, almost 27 years. Mm-hmm. I just know because it's 10 more than me. Yeah. Um, so when you need to convince Gretchen of some plan like this, mm-hmm. how do you? What's your strategy? How do you start the conversation? Um, this is question number seven. Unprecedented. Well, I, <laughs> say so. I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, that's how it starts. Yeah. So she knows. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was thinking. Mm-hmm. I'll just plan it though, and then walk away. And, then and then she's it. really got to like, you know, <laughs> like, kind of churn it for a while. You know, so anyway, that's kind of how we make all decisions. I kind of say, so I was thinking, and then I walk So that's away. the dangerous and phrase. she kind of churns. So I was thinking. She churns yeah. it a little bit, asks a lot of questions, and then then we start talking it out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking. So I was thinking, you know. And then that's all I was doing. I was just thinking. Yeah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> enjoy All Saints Day, everyone. Uh, all Hallows Ween, Swing, <laughs> Saint Narcissist. Oh my gosh, this is this is entertainment for us, uh, and I hope it is for you. And we'll be back next week. God bless.